evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I am Adam. I'm Chris. And we are joined this evening by often mentioned but first time actual guest, Mr. Wesley. Good Hello. evening. Hey. Hey. Yay. Um, Wesley is a, a friend of uh, ours who we've known for many, many years. Um, he's also a fantastic, renowned artist. Where can people mm. see your stuff, Wesley? On my website. Probably. I don't know. I'm really bad at keeping up with these. <laughs> you've got your Instagram. Oh, yeah, and you Yeah, you look at my Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Excellent. Uh, What's your Instagram handle? WJS Illustration. Fantastic. For everything. And, and we have him to thank for our logo. We yes. do. Yes. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we were going to do a copyright thing there due to his lack of memory. But but no. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure by now we own some royalties. I think we probably uh, do. Oh, no, hang on a minute. We haven't got anything. No. <laughs> Our two listeners have not paid us anything. <laughs> Bastards. Um, also, um, also, musician, writer, a lot of stuff's out there. Your book is on Amazon? Yeah. What's it about? Like to plug it, your book? It's called Dark Tales, and just look for Dark Tales, Wesley James Smith. I it's think. really fucking good as well. It is, actually. I've got a few friends who have bought it. We should do that. <laughs> We should do a Welcome to Horror on the book. Mm. Yes, that'd Frankly. be a really good idea. Yeah. Do I have to be here for that? Nah, no, no, you're good. That's going to be embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> As we sit there and pull it apart. What exactly <coughs> did you mean putting an and in there? No, there is spelling mistakes in the book. There really is. <laughs> this semicolon. This semicolon. I've got a whole one. <laughs> And it starts already. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, uh, we have just watched um, a fantastic film that we know is one of Wesley's favourites. Um, we've just watched The Abominable Doctor Fives. Not um, to be confused with The Abdominal Doctor Fives. Definitely not. Which is a kid fit video. Yeah, for <laughs> you can get them in six packs though. Yes, that's true. Um, we uh, did mention on the end of the last episode, unless I edit it out, because I know it's going up tomorrow, but I still haven't actually edited it. Um, the last episode, we did mention that we were going to be covering The Evil Dead, um, but that was my fault for uh, misremembering. So what we've actually done is we've planned out what we're going to watch for the next six months, and it's on a calendar, and rather than look at the calendar, which would take me two seconds... I guessed what I thought it probably was from memory. I was completely wrong. And in fairness, did me or Chris question that? We no. too have access to the calendar. We yes. did not question it either. So. Um, and we are at some point going to put up a post with everything that is coming up on the calendar um, so that you've got time rather than the usual two-week chaos to try and catch up with what we're watching. We're it's give like it. we're getting organised. I know. It's, it's only taken us a year and a half to work out what the fuck we're supposed to be doing. It's... Uh... Yeah, is, is that what this is? <laughs> right, okay. Um, so, uh, with our usual uh, start to the show, what we've been watching. Adam, what have you been watching since we last uh, sat down? Well, obviously, Abominable Dr. Fives does count as part of Claire's homework, so we will be watching Abominable yes. Dr. Fives before the episode goes up, so she can... Enjoy it from that point of view. Wonderful. But we did go off-piste and watched Horror Express, mm. which, you know, I have seen before, but is incredible. It's so mental. Highly recommended to anyone. Christopher Lee and Peter Cushion are great in it. Telly Savalas turns up pissed about 
a third before the end, <laughs> takes over the film like he's invaded from another film. It's like, you know in Monty Python's Meaning of Life when the Crimson Permanent Insurance invade the film? Yes. It's a bit like that. It's like Telly Savalas was doing another film on set and said, fuck it, let's go and invade that one with the faggy <laughs> British actors about the train and turned up on that. But it's, yeah, absolutely great. Claire really enjoyed it. She also now quite fancies Christopher Lee. Hey, that's no bad thing. No, uh, I can do the voice as well. <laughs> I think you better put Mr. Cushing on the phone again, please. <laughs> Not really a threat to you sexually either. No, no, no he's dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And good. if she wants to have a look at my calendar, she can. <laughs> <laughs> Is it curved? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's a bit since Yoda had a pop it. Um, but also, uh, I did watch one other thing, which <clears throat> sort of sort of counts as horror. Um, there is a thing on Netflix, I believe it's on like internationally, so I think mm. anyone should be able to check it out. But there, is a f- uh, there is a documentary called uh, Abducted in Plain Sight. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's grim, it's like, like, not... Well, grim is, not, is the right word because it's genuinely like, you know, a crime where yeah. a child is abducted by this perv and blah, 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 blah. But watch it just from the a number of times that you'll go, what? Fuck off. <laughs> no. Seriously, it just escalates as it goes on. It gets more and more unbelievable. At one point, Claire started laughing because she assumed I'd tricked her into watching a mockumentary. Oh, really? It's that fucked up. Wow. It's like you just sort of like... Basically, it's, it's one of those ones where you get... You're flagging in your head... Yeah, at this point, I would have called the police. Yeah, at this point, I would have punched him in the face. Yeah, at this point, he'd be buried in the woods. Yeah. But it never gets there. And it's just the most, like, it's the weirdest, most fucked up, gullible family that this bloke, like, preys upon, essentially. But, yeah, it is totally, like, you have to watch it just because it's one of those things where I think it will just be a sleeper thing Mm. that eventually just explodes everywhere and there'll be shit mentioned online and you're either in or out of getting the joke, yeah, if you yeah, see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, seriously, watch it because it is just extraordinary. Um, and like I say, it is grim subject matter, but it was also just like so like, what? So wait, wait, did you say this is real? It's real, it's okay. a genuine So there's no way Leah's going to be watching this. It's, no, I was yeah, thinking right. that as the yeah, but, but also, you're saying that they're gullible. Now, Leah's also said this. If something really did start happening... At what point do you realise that this is actually going on? You do wonder if it's like if it escalates slowly enough. There's never that sudden jump in. What well, I need to deal with this mm, now. Right. Right. Yeah, because at what point do you really say, right? Now I'm taking some action that I've never taken before. Yeah, but that's the key thing with this is when you watch it, you're like, whoa, that just took left field. Um, okay, yeah, no, I don't think I'd have done that. Okay. You know, there's, there's sort of. Is, like, is that almost hindsight because you're watching? No, it is not hindsight. <laughs> Believe me, when you watch it, you will know right. the bit I'm talking about, and you will just go, "No, no, I don't think that was hindsight." And it's not been adjusted for dramatic effect. No, no, this is just people talking okay. to the camera, okay. and yeah, I mean, that sounds like my homework. Like I say, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, and like I say, go into it with the caveat that it's a horrible, horrible story. But equally, it's one of those things. It's like like proper last podcast on the left fodder Mm. where they would just be like okay we're doing this because it's a true crime story and it's horrible but 
Jesus Christ, you will, you've got to hear this story. Yeah. And okay. if it wasn't for the fact that I think you should watch the documentaries, I would spoil the shit out of it and just be going, I watched this thing the other day and this bloke was doing this and it was like, fucking hell. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm. And also it's true crime, so I imagine Jennifer probably will watch it. And oh, Jennifer it, probably Could vet it yeah. for you. So, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah, I've been watching, thanks to Adam and kind of you, I suppose. Don't hug me, I'm scared. I watched the first two episodes, so I did well this this month. Oh, well, wow, this man. week for the for the benefits of the tape. Um, well, during this discussion, when we were planning the things we wanted to watch in the future, um, Adam wanted to watch uh, a YouTube web series called "Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared," um, which I eventually, having discussed it, I decided I definitely wanted to veto uh, because one, although it is disturbing. It definitely isn't horror. Um, it is un- it oh. is unpleasant, but like in support of the a- argument, I managed to play both episodes to Shelley, and I just I don't know if she understood it. Okay. Because she didn't get scared. So See, I don't. Uh, and and I did also try to play a Nightmare on Elm Street, and she freaked out within about ten seconds <laughs> of just hearing the music. Got very angry at me and stormed <laughs> upstairs. That's. Uh, I yes. started Sam on a Nightmare on Elm Street too mm. because That's that one is CBBC stuff. Really, it, drop, it jumps it. in really. CBBC changed a lot. Terrifying. No, no, no. Well, no, you say that, but that opening sequence with the bus is probably the the only scary bit in it. Yeah, but then that's probably good because basically, if you if it ratchets at the start, then you can sort of it drops back. Basically, right, it goes down. It's not like say, you know, The Shining, which is a good hour before of the real, really dramatic yeah. stuff comes in but by which time you are like eyes like bulging oh so really that was a bit true. like Dr. Phoebes yeah yes mm. so it's yes but so, so, so Nightmare on Elm Street I watched the first 10 minutes and I was shocked at how unscary it was because I remembered being terrified of a, number 3 I hadn't seen number 1 okay like the bit where he's trying to come through the wall on the bed and it's like well, that's just sort of a uh, rubber type sheet is pushing through it just it just yeah. lost all in my head it was like amazing oh, really? effects and you know well, I, I still think it holds up it might do I might need to watch the whole thing to get the full effect in the but dark on your own I think yeah, possibly. Yeah, I th- yeah I think actually it's that is definitely uh, I think it's one where it's atmosphere like as in watch the whole thing if you watch it in bits I don't think there's many horrors that sustain Okay. Well, I was also amused because it was Johnny Depp as a, the youngest I've ever seen him, and yeah. I didn't realise he was in that. That is his debut film, isn't it? Is it? Uh, it is yeah. his debut okay. film. Um, yeah. So, so back to don't sorry. Hug me so scared. don't hug me. I'm scared. So, <clears throat> Adam suggested it as a uh, possible uh, episode. Having been introduced to <clears throat> by Claire because she mm. showed it to me, and it was like, oh, I don't know. You know, you might think that this is a bit horror, a bit scary, and I was like, this is. Fucking disturbing. Mm. But, but again, she can't. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you can't watch certain horror films, but you watch this. And yeah. This is real, yeah. like under the gets under the skin of your subconscious. Yeah. Sort of stuff. That's what, like, and I found it really unpleasant in a kill list type of way. Mm. But again, that's what I said with kill list. Kill list is is a horror film because of the cult element. Without it, it isn't a horror film, and it's just a horrible, disgusting thing about people's lives, and you don't like anybody. And that's the element of it I dislike and not the horror element. But, I, yeah, so Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, I thought was 
horrible, but so is, you know, watching car crash footage on YouTube. Like, it, it is, definitely isn't horror, but it is disgusting. A man sticking his balls in a blender. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's horrible. It's not, it's not, not horror. It's very horror. But it disturbs you, yeah. Well, I thought, but I thought they were trying to get across some concepts, you know, time. That's pretty clear that it's that's a horror that we will have to face. Well, so it's a bit more than just balls in a blender. Only just. And yeah, I, and again, it's another one of those. Adam suggested we watched it. I watched it. I wanted everybody to leave the house and go away because I was immediately in a, just a terrible mood. It was just like well, that's I believe I believe horrible. you watched a Will Ferrell film too. We did a, to cleanse a, our palate. As a, as a palate cleanser, yeah. You went that? to sleep and me and Dean watched the house. Oh, I don't know that. Uh, yeah, it's quite stupid he's, he's and non-offensive comedy. Um, but yeah, so, so we watched Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm never going to watch that again. So if you decide to do an episode on it, then I will sit in the background and say how much I disliked it, but I won't, I won't watch it. Because uh, I don't feel I need to. But we might be able to get Wesley back for that one. Have you ever seen I don't think I've you've seen it, have you? What, don't have yeah. yeah, I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, there you go. So, do you think it stands in terms of horror? Because I think it's like a um, sort of... It, with the progression, again, it, it's a thing. Mm. Once it progresses, which is at the end, and you learn a couple of the theories mm. it's almost that sort of chill in the back of you mm. oh that's what that could mean and that it, it's like an mr james yes yeah. it's the creepy thing at the end with your own realization i think it's lo- yeah it's kind of like hp lovecraft made a kids program mm. but not in the sense of he wrote it but a kids program in an hp lovecraft story yeah where it slowly goes mad yeah and starts off and spot all the threads unravel on yeah you sort of just it goes, it's, yeah, it's like sort of like the bloke goes to the town, oh, that's a bit odd, and then by the end of it, he's being fucked to death by fish people or something like that. Mm. And it's <laughs> that sort of a thing where it's like, the first episode, that was odd. And then by the last episode, it's like, shit, why can't I stop watching this? Yeah, <laughs> so now I, I read briefly that it was originally the first episode was released in like 2011, mm. and then they released one each year. Yeah, basically, they, they sort of slowly mm. dripped it out which I think in a weird way was because they would no, they didn't talk about it or anything no but I was wondering how did I miss this Have I, did I miss the internet for a few years or something I, I don't know like I say I don't know where Claire sort of like first it, it does show just how much content must be online that you know we've oh, never come is. across that's it, actually good for me it just popped up because I like mm. Muppets and I'd look, watch a lot of Muppet <clears> videos on YouTube and it just popped up and see, I I see again, I think, is, is it like, it's like razor blades in a sweet jar? Mm. Yeah. Or, you know, use use needles in the trick-or-treat, where it's like, sort of, oh, there you go, look, there's Kids Show, there's, you know, there's, oh, there's the Moomins, there's Hey Sorry. Dougie, yeah. what's this, don't hug me, I'm scared. Oh, no, no, that's definitely not for kids, so okay. Like, like a Scarfolk vibe. Yes, well, yeah, very much so, yeah. Which is an excellent website, we recommend you visit. And a book. And a book. Good book. Yes. So, did you watch anything apart from no, that? No. Or was that enough to ruin your week sufficiently? That was, that that you was didn't everything. Need to... Everything required. Right there. <laughs> like I say, once you've watched the computer episode, I defy you not to have that rattling through your Going through it, yeah, it did sound like <laughs> Oh, it God, that song. It's. Oh, I mean, I am now getting far, used, far more used to being able to sort of drop out stuff because of Ted. Mm. Where it's like, you know. All I will say is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Count, count, count. Count, count, count. <laughs> Which is what a toy says. 
<laughs> Actually, there's a brilliant toy though. He's got one with it's like a truck that you put rocks in, and it's got little buttons on the side, and it sort of like goes broom, broom, put the rocks in the hole, broom, broom, hammer, saw, screwdriver, and that's how it says it. So it sounds a bit like it's hard. yeah, screwdriver. <laughs> well, I barely know him, but <laughs> I think the truck tells me to. You know. So you have to get your little victories, you know, and you have to get your fun in there somewhere. So I think I might be able to deal with Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared a bit better. But it has got that thing of like, almost like Baby Shark and stuff like that, where it's these little sort of songs that just drill mm. and rattle around your bloody head. And yeah, from that point of view, it is like, it's like magnificent architecture. In that it's like, you really understand how kids' programmes work, but you've chosen not to just make a kids' programme. Yeah, yeah. yeah you could have made just a good kids' programme. You, could have, you yeah. could have made something like In the Night Garden yeah. and been quite successful selling <laughs> toys and DVDs and things on the back of it and everything else like that. But no, you decided to use your house for evil. It's <laughs> like so when Throbbing Gristle used to have to go, oh no, we can write a song. <laughs> we just chose to like have a wasp in a bucket fighting a Burns victim. That's what we, yeah. we chose to sound like that. We can do pop music, by the way. Yeah. So, um, wait. So, have you watched anything recently, horror-wise? You um, like to discuss? I'd say the last horror film I watched was a long while ago, and it finally watched the remake of Evil Dead. Ah, what did you think? Um, well, for a modern audience, it's all right, I suppose. Yeah, that was pretty much my it's, take on it. It's not Evil mm. Dead, no. but it's not a bad film, I don't think. <laughs> I, said, I think that, and I'm sure I've said this on the show, but I think that the problem is they keep trying to remake these films that were perfect. So that the cast was perfect, the cinematography was perfect, it had the right director, it had the right project, and it all worked well. What they need to do is look at films where 90% of the elements were great yeah. and something let it down. Those are the films I need to remake. Don't remake the perfect ones. Make something like, like Raw Head Rex. Yeah. Really good story. The effects dropped that <laughs> off a cliff. Remake it now with modern effects. Yeah, with yeah. It's the same with Flash Gordon. Mm. That film needs a remake, but I don't necessarily want it because the flaws of the original one are the endearing... Oh, what, what makes it good? Because mm. I think also, it's like a lot of people said, like the Evil Dead remake, they were like, oh, you know, it's it's a good film. I just wish yeah. they hadn't called it Evil Dead. Yeah. And it's kind of like, yeah, but if they hadn't called it Evil Dead, what you'd have just gone, yeah. oh, that rips off Evil Dead. It's got this, this and this. And yeah. the post credit sequence. I mean, mm. what's all that about? <laughs> I was furious with that. I was told, I was told Bruce Campbell was going to be in that film and then we got that what Thanos wasn't it, it was yeah, yeah, like, yeah. sitting on the throne right, <laughs> yeah that that pissed me off knowing but um it was a, yeah it was an all right film I mean I, people moaned about the remake slash prequel of the thing which I really enjoyed the only I, thing I, that I, I must that, confess I've been I've just been an uppity prick about that and just oh, no, I really enjoyed it. it the only <laughs> downside thing is is that there's a bloke in it who played young Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumberer. That's all I can think of when I see it. Right, okay. <laughs> it looks like Jim Carrey. The thing, the only thing that upset me with it was that it was supposed. The first it, they said it was going to be a remake, and then they said, "Oh no, it's a prequel," and then it isn't really either. Like the whole Prometheus thing all over again. Yeah, yeah and it, it just like it follows the things that happen in it are too close to the thing for it to have been a prequel. Like 
the blood in the they were testing it with the heat. Like it, the chances of them coming up with the same idea for a test is. But how I like to look at it is this is a, a remake of the thing from another world. Yes. So you kind of can tie that in as a prequel because mm. there are events. That, but there's events that happened in the original thing from another world that I didn't even touch on. Yeah. So mm. uh, I liked it, but you know it's it's not thing, is it? I wonder yeah. if there's. I think there's just genuinely this sort of panic thing, which some people maybe maybe it's just people who are more vocal about it is the problem, <laughs> where people are just going, oh, the effect. I watched Evil Dead and you can see the strings, or I watched Nightmare on Elm Street and you can see the, the this bit looks fake, or whatever. And I it's think a film. Yeah, it's no, but, oh, yeah, but I think also <laughs> there's. The, so I think people. I think. If they're being the vocal ones, or they're being the ones that people are listening to, where it's like, oh shit, we better go and remake Evil Dead with modern technology because yeah. people aren't going to watch this old one. If and so, again, so it's tough say, shit if you don't watch. In defence, though, this is where I think a lot of people don't like films and they prefer books because mm. you don't have to worry about any effects. It's purely oh, very much. It so. describes something and you imagine it as if it's real. Yeah. But then I think suspension of disbelief is something that is really being bred out of people mm. in so much as it's like, oh... Well, you think that's something that could be trained in someone? Uh, no, I think it's just something that, as the time has gone on, and in fairness, because effects are getting better and things like that, people are extremely dismissive where they'll be like, oh, I, couldn't, I can't watch that because the alien is unconvincing, or... Do you know what I mean? And Do you it's, know what I had? It's funny you bring this up because I wasn't going to mention this film uh, on the show today, but I am going to, as it, it does tie into what you just said. So, following a recommendation from yourself and Bobby of Not For Everyone podcast, mm-hmm. last night I watched Wild at Heart for the first time. Yay! I came out of that with the feeling that Twin Peaks is all the David Lynch I am ever going to need. I don't need to see Blue Velvet. I don't need to see... I, I, I found he works perfectly for Twin Peaks. Mm. I watched Wild at Heart and I didn't like it. And the reason I didn't like it is that thing... As you were saying, suspension of disbelief. I like things to either be realistic or entirely fantastical. Mm. And he runs that realm of somewhere in between. So, so it's the uncanny valley of... Yeah, it is. Kind of... It's that... Things are very normal, and then for no reason whatsoever, a woman who is fearing for the life of her child and now possibly her boyfriend decides the best way to deal with it is to smash up a lipstick and smear it all over her face and hands. Which. You've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's what, and that's what I think I've done. And again, the thing that. It was the, uh, the thing with the band as well. Mm. So there's a, there's a thrash band playing on the stage. He's doing kung fu in the middle of the dance floor. A guy walks <laughs> yeah. up and tries to dance with his girlfriend. He puts one arm in the air and the entire club falls into silence. And but then but after these... that, he takes the microphone away and goes, Durner. and within two notes, the entire band start playing Elvis. And I was like, it's just, it's too, like... But is this where it's, it's an element of art and it's, it is more metaphorical than literal... I think it is, and I don't. I think I'm. For me, cinema is a very. 
Yeah. You don't like it being mixed. You either yeah. want it to be exactly. sticking to like, one. It's either absolutely style. real yeah. or it's the Avengers. Like, mm. and I can, yeah. I can, I can deal with both perfectly. But not but if you it's try and that mix the middle both. ground. Mm. It's like it's almost normal. It's but isn't that where people who do slightly unusual which, things? You know that element of dreamlike. But then I think Wild at Heart. I think I can see what I can see what your issue is is because I think David Lynch manages to do that there's the unusual and the weird elements with it and and frankly every character in it is over the top there's yeah, no yeah. there's no one in it who's kind of playing realistically oh, like they're like all that. caricatures they are all like that but equally i think it that but david lynch will bring in heavier shit yeah that you kind of think i mean i'm quite i'm quite taken with it hmm. But I can understand where it's like, oh, that's that's a joke, that's a laugh, or whatever like that, and it's like, oh, that's actually really fucking violent, or that's really fucking horrible. Yeah. But within the sort of, you know, it it create it's quite dissonant in that sort yeah. of thing where it's like, oh, everyone in this is a caricature, and everyone in this is sort of a bit carry on or a bit of a joke yeah. or whatever like that, and then it's like. Oh no! Someone's you know someone has just like beaten someone to a pulp really fucking realistically, yeah. or you know something yeah, like that. Yeah, and it's like and so, he started yeah. it the other way with this, which might be what what um why I think I was uncertain from the start. Mm. So as you say, normally his stuff is kind of quirky and caricaturish, and and so it's it, a Twin it, Peaks. Just name a couple of others because I remember watching Mulholland. Yeah, so Mulholland Drive, Drive, Drive as but well. I cannot remember what happened. Mulholland Drive is the is two actresses meet up and basically one of them's got amnesia and another hasn't, but then it all goes. That's amazing. I did not remember any of that. Right. Okay. Uh, because you watch his films and when someone describes them, yeah. because it's not as much about the story that's going on. It's about watching what the characters are doing and the way they're interacting. The story kind of takes a back line to just mm. watching the weird shit these people okay. do. And the same as with Twin Peaks, like. It's the people's experiences. Exactly. So you're so busy watching them Mm. that the storyline of what is supposed to be important kind of falls away and you you, you stop focusing on it. This is um, possibly what you were saying you don't like about Darren Aronofsky because there's a similar element to that. And again, it's the same thing. So, yeah, it's very much the same. Mm. Because you say, like we were saying with Mother, there was a very similar thing in this where there's all the Wizard of Oz stuff all the way through. So clearly... Mm. There is an understored, but but I was like, well, it isn't kind of a lost. retelling of that. It's, oh, it, do, it doesn't follow. It's it's got indicators in there of bits from uh, from Wizard of Oz. Yeah, but it isn't. It, it's not like like it's Freeway is a retelling of the of Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah, it doesn't follow the plot of you know. There's no. Yellow Brick Road or Three Friends or any of the stuff no. that is in The Wizard of Oz. It just has bits with the red shoes, bits with Glint, Glinda the Good Witch and sort of, it just randomly kind of in there. Yeah, has stuff in yeah. there. Yeah, and I, just, and I think that was the thing. I think I was just a little bit... And so because that opening scene, yeah, where he smashes that guy's brain, literally mm. smashes his brains out of his skull on the stairs. Mm. And then it just goes into, yeah, back into... Like Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage at 125% and doing yeah. kung fu next to the car in a desert because there's heavy metal on the radio and just 
So like these sort of funny, yeah. And all of a sudden it's just oh, his girlfriend got abused as a child by her, and like and just, it just keeps putting all these. Ho- so like as soon as you start enjoying it and just thinking it's funny, and then it puts all this horrible stuff, and you go, yeah, no, it's a bit of a downer, really. See, and see, he keeps that is, doing it. That is that, that is a David Lynch thing, though. That really is a David. I mean, even even Twin Peaks. I mean, the, the central mystery and the central thing of what happens to Laura Palmer is fucking ghastly. Oh yeah, it is unbelievably but, but horrible. With, but within the bounds of Twin Peaks, and I think that was actually why most people really didn't like a lot of people didn't like Firewalk With Me because it because it's Laura's story. Yeah. And so it's like, oh no, I wanted to see you know, wacky sort of moments yeah. and damn fine coffee and yeah. the bits and everything else like that. I didn't want to watch a thing about like a bloke abusing and murdering his daughter and you're like, that was what Twin Peaks That's was the, about. Yeah. That is the story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can understand someone coming to it and finding it too much because it's different. It's done so much, so differently to the way the TV series does it. Yeah. But still, it was sort of like, but again, I think that even comes back to what we were saying about it. It's like, if, you know, when people are like, sort of, oh, I think this has got like bangs and flashes and things like that and it looks really cool. Whereas I think people are neglecting story. In so much as it's like, yes, okay, that looked a bit shoddy, but isn't this a fuck? Hasn't this got a fucking brilliant story? Yeah, but, but um, it's like, well, sorry, it's like with Mr. James. When you, if you was to do a big film of that, you never would do a big film of it. Yeah, but we see this audience of the horror that we have now. Would they sit through it for that final payoff that happens? Because it is just a mm. journey of creepy. And tell the final payoff with all you, of these stories. You would not. You would wonder, yeah, if it'd only be people like us who know what the payoff mm. is at the end and know it's worth it. Yeah, you wonder or if even a lot if you of know people the style, would. I, I, think yeah, yes. would go, I think there's still there's definitely still a place for it, and I think people still like that sort of thing. But weirdly enough, that seems to be the stuff where people have to deny its horror. Yeah, like the the people producing it or the people bringing it out kind of they don't want to say oh this is a horror film this is a ghost film they have to go oh it's a psychological thriller or it's this or it's that and it's like yeah "Yeah, please don't think it's horror fucking hell no like the John Hurt remake of Whistle and I Come To You My Mm. Lad Mm. which didn't feature a whistle and was more a commentary on uh, Alzheimer's and dealing with that and that was really disappointing to me Mm. yeah because it wasn't it wasn't the story. story. No. And I think, yeah, this... It's An ambiguous ending, so it's people who don't want to see Side Spooky can derive what they want from the story before. Mm. And I think that's... So yeah, so, so I think you're right. So to go back, I think that's my thing with... Um, uh, with Lynch, perhaps. Yeah. Is that although it's more about the journey than the actual story that follows it... Yeah. I, I think it just leaves me with... And as you say, exactly the same Varanofsky. It's like, it's such a basic story. It's oh, very... Yeah. This is... Right, so it's a guy. He goes to prison. He gets out. He meets his girlfriend. The mum wants him dead. They just drive to the desert. And that's all that happens. Oh, yeah. And, and you don't enjoy the process and, of yeah, it either. And that's just not... That's, I'm just like... There's, there's nothing yeah. happening. And I don't like the characters because no. they're all... Like, they're either all really stupid... Or they're really disgusting people, or like nobody in it is just like oh, they, oh, oh with the possible exception of um, uh, the boyfriend, father. 
that didn't make sense. The mother's <laughs> boyfriend. Harry Dean Stanton. Harry, yeah, that's, that's it, I can't remember his name. So Harry Dean Stanton. I think his character is possibly the only character in it who I kind of like. He, you kind of like him, but again, he is still, you know, he's still in thrall of her. Yeah. And he is kind of still willing to go and kill Nicolas Cage. Because although yeah. it's go and get them, it's go and get them in the Al Pacino sense. Yes, yeah. You go know? and resolve this issue. Yeah. So, but but again, he is the most sort of probably the most sympathetic character in it. Mm. Him and uh, Lulu, Lulu, yeah. Luna, are probably the like most sympathetic characters in it. But also, I would agree with you certainly. David Lynch, I think that's where Twin Peaks comes in. Twin Peaks does have a plot. Yeah. Whereas a lot of David Lynch, it has a plot, but it's quite, it's very secondary to atmosphere sequences visuals mm. you know just the whole it's secondary to the the movie itself mm. and i think in a way because i mean let's face it if you did like if you gave david lynch the usual suspects no one would fucking understand it no and you I'm know just, it's I'm already so it's already quite labyrinthine and then david lynch puts a, a big layer of lynch over the top of it i'm so glad he didn't do return of the jedi because i don't think it'd be the film it was his Turned June was good. I really liked his well, well, that's June. That's why he came down to Return of the Jedi, wasn't it? To do yeah. June, which yeah. I think was very good for the Star Wars franchise. Depends if he'd have uh, if he'd have kept the planet of the Wookiees. Yeah, well, I mean, planet Kashyyyk, full of his Wookiee buddies. Yeah. See, I think that that might be that, but then I think David Lynch is quite sensible in an mm. odd way. I don't think David Lynch has a um, what was it? There was an interview with, with someone where he he. Um, David Lynch had said, oh, I wish I thought like that when they were talking about Steven Spielberg. Mm. But he's quite aware that he is not a director you come to for, you know, the latest in your franchise. Yeah, or yeah. For, you know, He does what he does very yeah. well, which is jazz soundtracks with people acting very unusually and unrealistically. And the thing is, you can... Like, the, the characters in the film last night... You could have picked any of them up and dropped them in Twin Peaks and they would have fit in absolutely. So he clearly directs people to act the way he wants them to. And he does it perfectly because you can pick anybody up from any of his films and drop them into another one. And they they just fit that world because he manages to get precisely what he wants out of them, Mm. which is excellent. Um, Yeah, and as I say, the music and everything, you can can watch a two-minute clip of any of his films and you know it's him immediately, Mm. Uh, which is a very good thing. It means that he has got a style which is very developed and very personalised yeah. Uh, yeah it just doesn't necessarily see I think also on. like you said it is a comedy mm. what, despite what anyone says Wild at Heart is a comedy a Razorhead is a comedy mm. yeah it has it's really fucking funny but it's again if you are skewed that way or yeah. you get that from it and if you don't I mean like Wild at Heart I say you know it's a Tarantino film directed by someone who's seen a woman naked. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a Tarantino film made by someone who's actually been out in the world and not just rented yeah. their experiences <laughs> of every sort of thing. Are there, are there any Tarantino films you like? I do. I know. Oh, I like Tarantino, it's but just I just not, think it's just not like, on the same level. I think you watch Wild at Heart, and it's like, oh no, That's... you probably, you know, you probably have to a certain extent some awareness of these people whereas Tarantino you get the idea oh he's an awareness of these people through movies mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm, you know, for me, who isn't a fan of Tarantino is okay. probably the one you're thinking of. You know, and I think I think there's more. I think more and more you do get movie makers like that though, mm. because it is just sort of they study movies. It's second, so, yeah. third hand, and everything else like that. Even mm. like um, what's his name is going on about it or something. Uh, Graham Linehan, mm. uh, he said, you know, the trouble is with cinema is that a lot of people are a lot of people are watching cinema to get their ideas whereas it used to be you read a book or you read books to get your ideas and it was sort of yeah I kind of know where he's coming like, from like music with the art school yeah movement, and you had using art and that to produce the music and the same with film used to be that way mm. art would influence film mm. like uh, uh, Dr Caligari Dr Caligari oh Caligari yeah, yeah. And that is pure German expressionism. Mm, yeah. In on celluloid, mm. so it's less of that. <laughs> but having this, what you both just said has just made me realise who would make the greatest film director of all time. Why hasn't Tom Waits gone into film directing? <laughs> Think about his music, and like you say, like the way he, I want to make Tom. music that sounds like this. So I'm going to live in horrible, scummy areas and really soak up that environment. And those people, and I'm going to live that life and learn it. He's done all of that to create his music. If he took that and put it into film, that would be exceptional. Well, I mean, he's a blood good actor. He is a fantastic and, actor. You know, and again, he's sort of, but then again, he, he's pinpointed cool people like Jim Jarmusch who sort of are in that same vein mm. of... Uh, Method. Yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. Like a lot of... Um, again, Jim Jarmusch is very, sort of, has that uncanny feeling but then I think you may get on better with that I don't know but uh, but uh, so yeah I w- all I will say is wild at heart and it's um, what they called Wizard of Oz motifs yes does sort of dovetail into the the end of our feature presentation it does mm. So, without further... Oh, sorry, just very quickly, one final thing. I forgot, I didn't mention what I watched. Just before we jump into it, uh, I finally saw Overlord, as everyone's been talking about Overlord. But you're all looking at me like I'm mental, so I, clearly different circles. Um, Is that like the Kickstarter film? I'm not sure. It There's might Nazi have been. There's Nazi, Nazi Monsters. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I haven't seen it, but I want it. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was really good. It looked fantastic. It was a, I didn't realise it was a Kickstarter thing. That's actually. It might not be. It might not be. <laughs> might be making it up. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. The, the only downside I had with it, uh, which is a thing I find a lot with films now, and I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and I'm just becoming more of a curmudgeon, but and I'm just starting to. Your patience has gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, so. This is a. It's not a spoiler. I'm gonna mention it spoiler free as much as possible there is a point at which one of the so there's a group a small group of characters they are explicitly sent to france to perform a job which will help end world war Two. there's like six of them i think they get even that's a mild spoiler but anyway um there's about six of them they have a very specific job they are going to bring around the end of World War Two and save hundreds of thousands of lives. At one point, the main character, who you are meant to be rooting for, does that character that thing that a lot of main characters do in films, where one person is in peril and they fuck the whole mission off 
to go and oh but that one person we can't leave that person behind yeah you can you're going to end world war Two and save millions of lives i know it's one person and i know you spent the last 24 hours with them and now they're suddenly really important but actually millions of people will die if you go and do it but he says they should go and do it so they go and do it and and, and it's just like no Keep your eyes... You've got a job to do. Keep your eyes on the... I know. Why, why does that happen then? Why is, does that exist? I don't know. It happens a lot in yeah. films. Like in Star Wars and stuff, yeah. you'll have it. Right, the entire army is coming. You have to take down the false field. Oh, but there's one person who's been stranded in the forest. Oh, that's all right. Let's just let all them ships get blown up up there while we go and protect this one person. Well, it might be too late to save because nobody knows. But we're going to do it because that's heroic. No, it isn't. That's selfish. You've just convinced retired. me to never join the squad you're in. I was, yeah. I was about to say the same. We ain't doing no we don't do him. Nah, we're leaving behind. Bigger picture. But, Heroes, look at the bigger picture. But equally, I think also this was a discussion me and Claire had the other day, which is Mavericks. Fine on TV. In real life, they're a fucking yeah. nightmare. Yes, you know, precisely I mean, it. If you were, well, what's his fucking name? Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon. You'd be drummed out the force immediately yeah. carrying on like that, yeah. you fucking idiot. You're just going to kill a load of people. Um, but other than that, yeah, Overlord is good and it's good fun. Um, sorry, so, 40 minutes in, let's actually get to the reason we've all sat down. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what, so, my killing me. Chris is getting out his notes. So, the abominable Dr. Fives. Yes, my summary is I need to watch more Vincent Price and Terry Thomas films. Yes. Yes, this, you do. This has That's absolutely convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if I doubted it before this, that is now, our list needs to be adjusted to include that. Yes. Mm. I, 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 Cannot watch enough. We had, for, we mentioned it before, for your birthday once. We sat and watched six Vincent Price movies back to back, I believe. That's about that, yeah. But the good thing is, is that it's back from a time when movies were about an hour and a half, so you could do mm. six. Yeah. You know, there's no point in marathoning movies these days. My favourite was The Fly. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's only in so such a little bit. Yeah. Wait, The Fly? Not the original one. Okay. <laughs> um, Alright, now my second comment is. I got a sense that we might have peaked and this is his best film because I was so impressed oh, with it. I'm glad you were. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, weirdly enough, it, there's another Vincent Price film. Just about to say this. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of the flip side of Dr. Fives. Mm. And what he's put in the position. No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's basically, it's a very... It's a very similar premise to Doctor Fives, but he's equally as good and okay. as funny and as mental. Yeah, okay. called Theatre of Blood, and that is yeah. We will we will watch Theatre of Blood. That's just a given. So basically, it's, it's almost exactly the same story, mm. except instead of the ten plagues, he's killing them in the ways that people are killed in the works of Shakespeare. Oh, okay. See, Vincent Price it's is fantastic. It's so mental. And it's made in the 70s, so it's got that same yeah. colour palette and the same sound. I think that one was only just, wasn't it? Mm. In the 70s. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 71. But I think, but also, like, Vincent Price, in his own way, is partially responsible for Saw, Seven, right, so, Messiah, so, yeah, yeah. so many things where it's like the, you know, the, they go through the. Mini portmanteau deaths. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, well, I, and th- so the, the, I mean, that really did come to my mind. Now, I've, I have seen some of Saw 1, um, and yeah, just the way that you're put under some sort of pressure, time, and you've got to figure out, like, it's a puzzle well, to it, save someone. Well, isn't that the, the key is in someone yeah. the same uh, as the end of this? Isn't that it? the very first killing, the original Saw? The, uh, the only bit I remember is where thing on someone has to saw their leg off to get out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, so, that, yeah, so that's the, the very... So that's the going. another oh. one, and there is a surgery-based one, but I'm mm. not sure. I think that might be the first film, because the second one's all set in a house, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think it, I think it is the first film, but the, yeah, basically it's the person who's got the, the... The woman who's got the big jaw thing on her head mm. has to open someone's stomach because they've forced them, force-fed them the key that gets her out oh, yeah, of so it. The, yeah. So she's got to murder her and cut the stomach and yeah. find the key, or she will die. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so it's, it is a very similar... Mm. Similar concept. Okay, some other comments I got. Um, I thought it was very artistic... Um, even the start, just the almost the mm. shape of, and the colours that they had were just really impressive. Um, leading up to him playing the organ mm. and the whole bit with him, you know, he was a very impressive showman. Um, yeah, and so I really liked the, the sort of juxtaposition of that, the comedy with the policeman, um, <laughs> and and the the deaths were pretty impressive. And you know, going back mm. to effects, I thought actually this was this seems to have held up. I would have said. Uh, obviously, some of them, you know, you can see what they've done, but but I thought they did a good job with it. Well, even then, it's stuff like the fucking bats are so cute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, within the context of it, they're terrifying vampire bats, but they are clearly fruit bats who you just yeah. want to get through. <laughs> and, well, and same with the rats as well. But I thought like, yeah. that, that didn't bother me too much because it seemed like the way the police were with it. So, like, okay, that's fine. You know, mm. it's. Well, also, I think, again, you're not sitting there watching puppet bats or puppet rats attacking people. Or, or worse, yeah, CGI yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, if they did that, it wouldn't be so good. But, um, but no, so I did, I, I like that. Um, now, it did confuse me at first because, and this is bad, but I mixed up Vincent Price and Peter Cushing. So when I saw the name Vincent Price, for some reason in my head, I was expecting Peter Cushing. Then Vincent Price came on screen and I thought... Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, and then I was very glad. Didn't know he was. was. Didn't know Pete was in it. Well, you know, that's, that's just my dementia kicking in. But yeah, yeah there you go. Um, yeah, and and I've decided <laughs> for the fourth time. So, so I've decided Vincent Price plays the ultimate distinguished, sophisticated, but unbelievably crazy guy. Yes. He's yeah. seriously like, and you know, the whole aspect of him being good with uh, basically whatever he's doing, and he does it extremely well creating those contraptions um, I think that fits the way he played someone else remind me what was the last one we watched with him in but it gave me a similar How's impression of him Hill, was it? Could be, yeah, he had yeah. them all come to his house yeah, yeah. Hill where he's got yeah, he's got the, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah so yeah so uh, he plays that absolutely fantastically he d- uh, that character as you say it's one of those and one thing that annoys me with actors that I get a lot with, um, I won't name any of them because people get very upset when I do that, but there are certain ca- uh, certain actors who people really rave about what a great actor they are and they're not this shit. They play one, they do one character and they just put them in different... Yeah. Like, do you know what? I'm going to name it. Samuel L. Jackson, right? Samuel L. Jackson is Samuel L. Jackson, whether he's in a hat or a long coat. He's the same bloke and you've just put him... And he's got the same accent, and he does the same expressions, and he plays the same character. Martin Freeman. 
Martin Freeman, Martin Freeman. Um, Al Pacino, and I just think so. That's that's fantastic casting and not fantastic acting. And Vincent Price. It could be fantastic acting, just. This has only got one. Yeah, yeah. but they're always. They up. could be the you know best that, at doing that. You know that one thing that you yeah. do. Just do that again. Um, Most of us have zero. <laughs> but I find Vincent Price, or he, he catches you off guard because you think he's in that niche, as you say. He always plays that slightly aristocratic, very, very to-do gentleman who's slightly unhinged. And but then slightly in a role like this, yeah, he just totally flips it, and he's entirely different. And Theatre of Blood is the perfect example of that. Yeah. Like when he plays those characters in it, mm. and you see just what a, a fantastic range. So he plays the different. Got. He he will play the people who meet out the murder within mm. the within the plays, but um, but again, it's I think it's also because Vincent Price is quite iconic. Mm. You know, he's got a very distinctive face and absolutely distinctive voice yeah so people do kind of tend to put him in the oh he always plays the same role thing mm. which he doesn't no and it's the thing it's like um uh he used to be uh, michael kane used to get accused of as well mm. and nowadays michael kane does get booked to play michael kane but he is actually a good actor yeah but he is again he's got a very distinctive voice a very distinctive look so, so if you they, want that character, you book him to. Yeah, do but it. they sort of put they put him in that sort of section of oh no, he always plays himself, and it's like well no, Harry Palmer's not the same as Carter, and not the same as the yeah. bloke in Zulu, and so on and yeah. so forth. And yeah, Vincent Price, I think again, that well, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Yeah. They're, weirdly enough, they're always the same, whether they're the villain or the hero. <laughs> but they, they they don't change themselves. They're just very good actors who can, like, you know, oh, I'm the Duke de Richelieu, so I'm very stern. Or I'm Count Dracula, so I'm very stern. <laughs> I think you'll find I'm very stern. And Peter, and Peter Cushion, is it Mr. Grimsdyke? He's, he's Doctor Who. Yes, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, in... Um, oh, what's it bloody called? Oh, that, it's the Crypt one, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Beyond the... From Tales from the Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. yeah. James Mason. <laughs> James. Hello. Sorry, you were saying. Uh, so, so my last comment or last two comments was I was glad that they didn't kill the son with the acid because that would have just made it just that bit dark, bit too dark towards the end. It was I liked that they got out of the way. Now that leads me on to my other question, which was who was the girl? Volnavia who was helping him yeah, all the way you, through you never find you just out. don't no. you oh, I was thinking have I missed something no okay. no I actually I've always had this idea that because he's a doctor of music mm. which again he's the only doctor of music I will refer to by doctor yes no because we had a we had a bloke one, one of the companies we look after the head of that company isn't it was it, on the thing it said doctor Whatever, whatever. Turns out he's a doctor of music. I've been calling him fucking doctor on the phone. I thought, fuck you, I'm calling you Paul now. <laughs> Bollocks. I'll call you doctor when you've earned the title. When you give me a tracheotomy, pal, I'll call you doctor. Yeah, I can do that for you, I'm not doctor. No, be yeah. a doctor. Yes. But, yeah, but I will call you doctor. So, uh, so I thought we had a PhD in theology. He does, he's, but he's also studied, uh, he gets, um, his doctorate is in, he's got a PhD in. Uh, theology and a doctorate, and his doctorate is in music. Uh, music. Yeah, that was that second location they mentioned. Yeah, the Sorbonne, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> but um, yeah, sorry, that's no, just 
just a personal pet peeve of mine with someone who was aggrandising themselves as far as I was concerned. <laughs> so, uh, I like the fact there's the uncredited performance from Caroline Munro. Yes. As his wife. She's the wife. The My favourite Hammer woman. Oh. Yeah, and uh, she was in, interestingly enough, she was the uh, fortune teller in Cute Little Buggers. Mm. Oh, really? Yes, because she just does loads and loads of... She is like a horror icon yeah. really she was supposed to be Vampirella wasn't she she was yeah oh really um, but yeah so she's she's in The Spy Love Me The Golden Voyage of Sinbad Star Crash and <laughs> At the Earth's Core which is an amicus like Jules Verne adaption kind of um, but yeah she's in she's in this and she's in Dr. Fives Rises again again as uh, Victoria Regina Fives yeah incidentally Victoria Regina was the first play that Vincent Price was in when he debuted on Broadway. Yeah. So that's why she's Victoria Vagina. Uh, Vagina. I knew I was going to say <laughs> Victoria Regina. Victoria Vagina Fights. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's why she's that's why she's named that. Um, she's in Dracula AD 1972. Captain Kronos Vampire oh, Hunter. That's got my favourite line ever in it. Go on. As Captain Kronos says to Caroline Munro, Munro I will have you. Yes, I will. <laughs> and it means exactly what you think it means. <laughs> and actually, it's, actually, this is a bit of a reunion as well, isn't it? Because um, the... Where is he? It's the superintendent, Waverley. Yeah. Um, John Cater. He is uh, grossed in uh, Captain Kronos. You know, the hunchback professor yeah. assistant yeah. character. So, yeah, so kind of a... Reunion, but yeah, so she's in Captain Kronos, uh, Maniac. She's sitting next to Tom Savini when he gets his head blown off. Oh, cool. Um, uh, she's in the last horror film, Slaughter High, uh, Mystic Mary in Cute Little Buggers, uh, Carla the Gypsy in Flesh of the Beast. Um, there's a film called Absence of Light from 2006, which has also got Michael Berryman, David Hess, Tony Todd and Tom Savini in it. So Blimey. Again, but she does tend to get... She's had a lot of roles in the sort of 2000 things, again, where it's like people who are... Because she's a horror icon, she gets these roles and everything. Yeah. But there's a film coming out this year called House of the Gorgon, um, and she's in it along with Martine, uh, Martine Beswick, Victor, uh, Veronica Carlson and Christopher Neen. Oh, We're all okay. like old hammer hands as well. Yeah. So Christopher Neen's Johnny Alucard in yes. Dracula and so yes, on and so forth. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So she gets she gets around a lot. But um, you can watch. She always does the film fair, uh, uh, the Electric Ballroom in Camden. Does oh, she? Really? Yeah. Her well, not always, but she, that's a regular place she goes to yeah. with Martine Bestwick. Oh and right. Maggie, okay. Uh, yeah. Maggie. Uh, Madeline Smith. Oh, really? Oh, right. I want to go there again. Now, Madeline Smith's my, my bag, really. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and like, um, no, I always thought, but, sorry, back to your thing with Volnavia, or Volnavia, Volnavia, Volnavia. Um, <laughs> I like to think that she's like a student of his, because he's a doctor of music and she plays the violin and everything yeah. else like that. Mm. I think she, I like to think of her as like some like curiously overwrought student who's like just like a super fan yeah just like absolutely enraptured by him and so she's like an acolyte who's like Mm. no I'll come and help you kill these people because they've wronged you yeah Yeah. you know and they've wronged you and your lovely wife and you know and I so I always think she's like maybe like that but there is um, she is she turns up in 
Dr. Fives uh, rises again, but she's played by a different actress because Virginia North, who plays her in this, was pregnant when it came up. But you can kind of think, well, she did just get acid cut. She did yeah. get covered in acid, so maybe yeah. she would have a different appearance. Yeah. I, did, I did wonder at a point whether she was his daughter because I thought they said that his wife was given a C-section. That, so they're, they're like, kind of, have I just missed No, bit, no, because they say there's no children. Yeah. And there's... They don't really go into what she has to have. No. They say something. It's like an That's, emergency bypass or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, there's never any clarification of what her operation is. Just that it only lasted six minutes before she passed. Yeah. So... Yeah, because I thought that this time I was listening out, I was like, oh, that's funny, I don't remember what she was, why she was on the table in the first place, I must have missed it. But yeah, I listened out for it this time, yeah, and didn't... Yeah, no, they, sort of, they sort of flip over it quite sort of quickly, you know what I mean? It's like sort of... Because th- I kept thinking, oh, maybe they're saving it for a later, maybe it's going to be an important plot point not nearer the end that I've forgotten. Hmm. So, um, no, it isn't. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, in and in yeah, in Doctor Fives Rises again, you do get um, Vincent Price comes back um, as do uh, Peter Jeffrey and John Cater, who are Trout and the Superintendent, mm-hmm. um, and Caroline Monroe comes back. But also Terry Thomas and Hugh Griffith come back into it, but they're playing completely different characters. Obviously, Terry Thomas <laughs> has to be because he's killed in this one. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, uh, there's a there's a musical motif in that film that goes da da, which I always finish off in my head. Be carry on da 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 da, da, da. <laughs> and with them recurring playing different people, that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's funny. Carry on vibes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny you say that because I kept thinking that with the inspector in this one really reminded me of Carry On Screaming. It really reminded Big me of Harry H. Bloody terrible. Yeah, it really reminded me of Harry <laughs> H. Corbett's character. It's a really yeah. similar delivery. And during that film, I thought I want to start a magazine, or more likely, an Instagram feed <laughs> called "Funny Coppers of Filmland," <laughs> because we've encountered so many great coppers. Yeah, the snarling. Um, Calhoun in fucking uh, Deathline. Deathline yeah. yeah, you know we we just um, what's it called? Um, American Werewolf, where it's the one who keeps uh, yeah. just knocking all the shit over in the doctor's <laughs> office and everything else. We've you know horror has a really grand tradition of bumblingly bad, but also just utterly hilarious problems. <laughs> I mean that where it's the, I think it's a left hand thread. Yeah, that line. Where it's the, just <laughs> the, the unicorn thing and the just yeah. And I wasn't I'd forgotten about they say that and then when you see it it's the feet they're not turning the yeah. unicorn's head they're unscrewing the man from the yeah. unicorn. <laughs> what the hell? Let me keep down in this club, please. <laughs> Is it Audrey Woods? Aubrey Woods, who's the Aubrey? Yeah, he's yeah. The, was, I, th- I always liked his bit. Yeah, he's the, the jeweler. He's the jeweler. Yes. But mm-hmm. his, yeah. his most famous role is probably uh, Bill, who runs the candy shop in yeah, Charlie. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He's the one well, who sings, isn't it? It's Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka's yeah, Chocolate yeah. Factory. Yeah, the ah, film, the Gene yeah. Wilder film. He's mm. the one who sings the Candyman can. Yeah, and smashes oh, that kid yeah, in the chin with the counter. Yeah. You watch yeah. it, he does, he smashes the shit out of the little kid's gym. I'm yeah. not joking, he lifts it up and, and she goes whack and she steps back. Ooh. Check it out. He's yeah. a vicious man. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we get for helping the Daleks. Yeah, yeah, because he's in, um, he was in Futtock's End and Loot and ZPG, which I've still got to see. 
But this film, I will apologise, but he's here, so it, we're going to make a thing of it. He's littered with old, with Who alumni, isn't he? Yes. But yeah, he, he was the controller in, the, in Doctor Who, Day of the Daleks. Um, Up Pompeii, Blake Seven, London's Burning, Basil Brush, Zed Cars, F. We just saying Pet, uh, Harker Barker. Uh, ever decreasing circles turn on to teabag and teabag and the pearls of wisdom no. just to give you a, a short selection there <laughs> um, also the first victim um, who is uh, the one eaten by bats yeah um, he this is how long he's been in fucking been working for uh, where are you sir I know you're here somewhere yeah there we go Dr Dunwoody a uh, guy called Edward Burnham, uh, who's also in Tenerington Place, but he's played two professors, not one, two professors in Doctor Who, one uh, in The Invasion and Robot. He was in, he was in Nightingales, which I didn't even realise. He's the old boy, you know, the very first series of Nightingales, and there's the old boy who's the caretaker, yeah. and they persuade him to that. leave so they can yeah. keep his wages. <laughs> yeah, so it's him... Um, but, and this, I mean, he's in Quake Mass and the Pit, like the original Tales of the Unexpected, Avengers and everything. This is how long he was in business, though. I mean, like, he's in Doctor Who with Patrick Troughton back in the 60s. He also is the, fa- the father of the blind pianist in Black Books. Oh, God. You know when Bill Bailey's been <laughs> learning yeah, the piano? Yeah. Um, sorry, uh, Fran is learning Street the piano. Mice yes, thing, yeah. and they come in and it's like, oh, please welcome my father, my grandfather and my great-grandfather. Yeah, he's the father who comes oh, in. Like, oh, Jesus, mate, you've, you know, you've earned your rest. Come on. You've done well there, mate. But yeah, all the doctors are sort of quite, uh, quite a cool bunch of people. The, co- the one who gets killed in the plane... Um, it's Peter Gilmore. He's in like yeah. he's in loads of Carry On films and stuff yeah. like that. He's uh, oh what uh, oh what a lovely pair. Should have worked right out my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's in like yeah he's in eleven Carry Ons and he was in he was in Doctor Who, but he was in One by One, Dead of Night. Uh, he was the star of the Aneedin line and stuff like that. And it's just yeah. Interesting thing, I, I, I'd completely forgotten until we watched it this time, and I didn't know if your research had picked anything up about it. Mm-hmm. I'd completely forgotten that the first murder you don't see. Yeah, off screen. So when it does the opening scene and you see Fives playing the organ and then he does the dance with Moldavia yeah. and you see in the background the, uh, the uh, wax heads... Yes. And one of them's already burnt. And I was like, oh, yeah. there's, a, there's a mistake there, because one of those heads is already burnt. <laughs> no. And then you realise that... So I don't know whether that was originally filmed and cut out for time, I th- or I why think, that one is... I, from what I gathered, I think that there was it was never intended to be shown, because, again, I don't think they felt they could... Weirdly enough, because they didn't feel they could achieve it. Yeah. So rather than bollocks it up and like you know, I did wonder if that was the reason. And if so, that is the perfect way to deal with that. If yeah. you do it, it's it going to look shit. The film so as well, doesn't it? You can imagine that and yeah. the other bits around. Because well, not only that, but also I suppose it's fairly close to bats and rats. Yeah. You know, again, it's animal attacks and stuff yeah. like that. So it's kind of bats and rats and animal attacks. <laughs> That's a new show for five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now, what about the last one? Nine Darkness. Because they show the sun with an eclipse, the moon, it's, the way of the earth, at the end. It's meant to be fives. Oh, I assume that. His Because he kills himself race, and yeah. then lays in eternal darkness mm, with his okay. wife. Mm. 
But again, but again, I agree with you. Is I think the very clever thing is is that it's quite funny and knockabout and like. And again, you've already created the murder off screen at the start. Mm. So again, you don't have to get too involved with the police getting involved. Yeah, they're already putting two and two together on the first murder you've seen. Mm. But again, it reduces the number of times that people are introduced and then bumped off. And quite, quite frankly, apart from Vesalius, you don't really spend much time with anyone. Probably Terry no. Thomas is the longest one. Yeah, and even Which, then, Ter- like, so. yeah, that's just <laughs> fucking brilliant. Love yeah. that. Love that. It's funny how yeah your evenings have not changed. Got the house to myself. No ladies in the house. Put something on TV. Big glass of brandy. What I love as well is I know that I've definitely said it, and you don't mind that I'm going out, oh no, I'll enjoy it. <laughs> I know I've said that. And actually I was sitting there I was sitting there thinking, oh this is just like nights at home, you know, Claire's dancing while I'm burning my enemies in effigy. <laughs> I also like the fact that at some point, obviously Fives has def- decided that a pack of splints it's just not quite doing it. So by the third one, it's blows off. Yeah, because it's just getting ridiculous. So he's done. He obviously did B Man with the uh, with the matches. And then he's done it again for uh, for Dunwoody. And then yeah, it's oh, I'll decide. I'll just fuck it. There's a blow. To- I know there's a blowtorch in the kit somewhere. So well, what made me let me laugh was they're all on the round table and they've all got the big wax effigies. And above each one is a light, like an actual attached light thing. Mm. And in my mind. I could just picture him getting an electrician in and going, yeah, I need a load of them. Just just one above each of these wax effigies, please. That's yeah. lovely if you could do that. By Tuesday, really, I'm on a bit of a time frame. Yeah. <laughs> well, not only that, but also, I mean, it's, it's a, you know, he'll be there going, oh, it's a fairly a fairly elaborate setup you've got here, Dr. Phoebes, isn't it? Dr. Phoebes. <laughs> I mean, that is actually a very weird way of doing things as well. Is if you think about it, it's like you've got the thing attached to your neck that you have to talk through. So you, so you have a mute assistant to help you. Yeah. <laughs> That's sort of like, well, I think you're just, you're just making... Problems for you. I'm still waiting for the super group with the bloke from Phantom of the Paradise at Fives oh, having yeah. a Joanna off. Oh, that'd be right. <laughs> yeah, fuck Freddy versus Jason. That's the horror. Yeah. Dunslow, Dunslow and Fives, I think. Yeah, what his name was. But apparently they they were AIP who released this, who did like the Po cycle and stuff. They wanted to do the, they the second film. They wanted it to be Fives versus Count Yorga. Yeah. And then the guy who plays Count Yorga ends up as the main protagonist in uh, Fives Rises Again anyway. But originally, yeah, it was meant to be... But apparently Vincent Price didn't really like... Uh, I've got to fucking look his name up. But yeah, Vincent Price didn't really get on particularly well with... Uh, uh, where is it? Uh, Robert Quarry, that's it, yeah. Didn't get on particularly well with Robert Quarry because Robert Quarry was being touted by AIP as this is our new horror star. Oh, He's really? done these Count Yorga films. This is the guy, you know. Count Yorga? Count Yorga, it's like, there's there's a couple of them. I think, I've, I, think I saw it, like, literally years and years and years ago. Mm. And I don't remember it that well, but apparently it's kind of like a cross between Dracula and Adam Adamant. Yeah. In so much as it's, dra- it's like a vampire, but in the modern setting of like 70s America, so of 60s and 70s America. So it's kind of like him reacting to the swinging 60s kind 
kind oh, of okay. thing. But he's still like they're they're still like horror films. They're not like comedies or anything yeah. like that. But yeah, and apparently um, I did read this thing. I don't know how true it is, but apparently at one point Robert Quarry was singing opera, um, and uh, and Vincent Price was like they just hate each other's guts. Vincent Price bumped into him and apparently he said to him, oh, you didn't know I, I could sing, did you, Prince? And, and he said, well, I know you can't fucking act. You must do something. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I love Vincent Price more than life itself. But it, it's funny because I can't imagine him not getting on with anyone. It seems really think, hard. Again, <laughs> I think it was just because... I think that was AIP's fault more than anything else. Yeah. And it's they like, you know... Had them battling against each yeah, other. It, yeah, it makes sense when you've got stars. It's divide and conquer, otherwise they can team up and say, well, actually, we both want a million for this. Or... That's true, actually. Yeah, get the price down. Well, you know, if you want 80, you'll do it for 70. And yeah. before you know it, yeah, they're at each other's throats. Have you ever so. heard Aliens in the Mind? I think, is it In the Mind? Yeah, yeah it the is, mind. yeah. I can't remember. Aliens in the Mind, that's yeah. Star, it's, a, it's an audio one. That's an audio oh. drama that stars Vincent Price and Peter Cushion. And I think there's a better example of how his relationship with a friend is ever yeah. depicted. It's in that, oh, because really? they play friends, but you can hear the little jokes and the way yeah. it's said, it's genuine <laughs> friendship it, comes across on it, it. It's weird because it, to a certain extent, it almost affects the plot. Yeah. In so much as... Oh, John, I'm going to have a whiskey. They, sound, they <laughs> sound like they're having such fun yeah. that it sort of removes a bit from the drama of what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their friend has been killed or an accident, we don't know, and they're there rifling through his stuff. And having a good old laugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a bit sort of because it's a bit village of them, isn't it? Yeah. It's like telekinetic children and stuff like that. But it's yeah, it's it's really good. I'll I'll dig it out and uh, bring it around for you. Yeah, please. Exactly. But it's yeah, they are just. It is like sort of tea with Peter and Vince. That's what <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. you, 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 you Sometimes you don't care what the rest of the story is. You it's just want to hear them. Yeah, you're just yeah. waiting for them to come back. Just to have conversations with the gentleman of horror. Yeah. That's what it's like. And this mm. is why I'm so devastated. Films that need to be remade, that we were saying, you need to yeah. take a film that should have been great and wasn't. House of Long Shadows. Oh, right? yeah. Right. House of Long Shadows had um, Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, Vincent Price, uh, John Carradine was in it. Um, but they were that all should have been amazing. They were all secondary characters, and the primary character who they picked for the entire story to revolve around was one of the worst actors I've ever seen in my life. And so the entire thing is terrible, and they are amazing. And they mm. just got this guy who's so out of his depth. This is a, this is a horror film thing though. The the romantic lead is always a punchable plank of wood. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, no, but no one has gone on. There's very few people who were the romantic lead who were actually had the chops to be people that went on to be like to either have a career hmm. or to even be memorable. Yeah, probably the only, the, literally the only person I can think of was probably Ian Ogilvy in like which final general yeah. but Ian Ogilvy's a fucking good actor he is an amazing yeah. actor but again it's like it's so few and far between and mainly it's these sort of bloody awful bland people and that's why I think that's why the villains are always the the key anyway because it's usually the best fucking actor yeah. it, it might be possible with what they've done with Peter Cushing that we're not far off where they could just overlay a complete reconstruction yeah just put one person yeah, in to replace. cover that character mm. that'd be fantastic yeah actually but then I mean I don't know go Get, go Brando. 
just bunk, just just go <laughs> off for leather and bung in like you know, sort of Richard Burton or someone. Just go really fucking mad and just put. Are in. you saying that? I seem to remember us having this. We had a. We have talked about this on the episode yeah. before with you with House of Long. Definitely you talking about House of Long Shadows because I know you were like, basically you were disgusted about the waste of the talent that was there. Yeah. But again, I think like I said at the time, I think that was just like. It's like a lot of horror films, like even like we were saying about like Caroline Monroe being in Cute Little Buggers. Yeah. But she's in it for a couple of minutes. Yeah. And it's clearly not on the same day as filming as anyone else. And I think it's the same thing with that, where it was like, we can afford, right, if, if we get them in for a day, we yeah. can afford Peter Cushing, mm. Christopher Lee, John Carradine, mm. Sheila Keith, and all these sort of big iconic people. And we'll save that money by not getting a main actor. Yeah. And we'll get that bloke who drinks in the pub on a yeah. Saturday. We'll pay for his beer all night and he can come in and head yeah. up this move. So you've got all these amazing cameos, right? So who's going to play the two leads? The man from the Dirty Mag Shop and Wino Bill. <laughs> That's it. So. And his mum. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to do a bit. She, yeah. It's uncomfortable because she's playing the, rem- the, the female lead. <laughs> oh, to her own son. To her own yeah. son. And they're having a friend. Oh, she puts oh. her teeth in. No, oh, no she takes them out. That's the word. Just before the kiss, That's like a graphically, treat, a treat, isn't it? With oh, with like a with like a cable of phlegm oh. coming out with it. <laughs> yeah, I thought she licks her peanuts off of her teeth when she's. I'm glad you, I'm glad that was peanuts. But yeah, we have to we we have to say Peter Jeffrey. Do I in Peter Jeffrey? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> But Peter Jeffrey as Inspector Trout, or yeah. Pike, or Breen, or yeah. That I mean, that's just a fucking great running joke yes. in it anyway. But um, he's, you know, he's in, he was in so much stuff. He was in the Doctor Who as well. Um, but one of the main things that I really have to mention, that he's Napa Wainwright in Porridge. Do you know what? That's the only thing I always know yeah. him from. It's what, and, yeah, and it's it's such a small... It's just one episode of such a massive show, mm. but he, he he just kind of, yeah, really sticks in my memory yeah. as that one character. Yeah, but then weirdly enough, do you know that he's the one of the few characters in Porridge who's mentioned, he's like mentioned in an earlier episode. Because mm. at one point they say about, oh, you know, they're saying about, oh, well, you have to get married, otherwise your son's a bastard. It's like... Oh no, that's 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 people don't think that anyway. Apart from uh, Nat Wainwright, who was uh, who, who was in prison in Brixton with, yeah, mind you, he was a bastard. <laughs> and then later on, he does actually turn up. But yeah, I mean, like he's in If and Oh Lucky Man, Britannia Hospital, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, Midnight Express, Morgan Wise's Riviera Touch. Um, he was in The Detectives. He was in Lipstick on Your Collar, Tales of the Unexpected. Um, just. Tons and tons of stuff, but he's just so fucking good. He is, and he really, because it's weird when you watch it. That I mean, not to say Vincent Price doesn't have, because that's the one thing you get with Theatre of Blood is Vincent Price does get to play the comedy of yeah. it more. Yeah. Whereas in this, Fives is pretty much dead straight. I mean, you mm. get the sort of like the naughty naughty look at, <laughs> at um, Terry Thomas at the painting that Terry Thomas yeah. has got in his stomach yeah. but other than that it's pretty much played for straight and there's a lot of like you know it's just him uh, constantly sort of like aching to his dead wife about yeah. how he misses her and everything else like that so really the, the comedy end is definitely kept up by the coppers 
Yeah. They really do sort of. I mean, my that is my favourite line in the whole thing, which is just a a, a giant <laughs> a brass unicorn has been catapulted across a London street and impaled a prominent position. <laughs> Words fail me, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I know the bit that gets me is when he said, oh, where are you going? Uh, to the lavatory, sir. Well, that's very fitting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually think I'm going to use that at work. I really, really need to. But, yeah, I mean, it's... The one thing that I did have to look into because I was just concerned, <laughs> I had to look into the plagues of Egypt. Oh, yes. So, this is all over the fucking shop. Yeah. This plays fast and loose with the plays of Egypt. Yeah, oh, well. um, the order is completely different to the one that the uh, that the rabbi gives. Oh, well, he did say that though, didn't he? I did. No, notice it's up for interpretation. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's, I did notice that. Yeah, because the the it, so I was expecting the rats to be the next one because it was the next one. So they'd followed the list correctly when he gave them to him. Mm. The next one on the rabbi's list was the rats, and the next one on the killing list was the hail. Yeah. Which I didn't know yes, this time. Yes, it was. Yes, sorry. Yes, it was. <laughs> but um, but yes. Yeah, so in the so they're the they're listed in Exodus, the second book of the Bible, and they're the ten plagues visited on Egypt by God as a demonstration of power after Pharaoh refused to let the Israelites go as demanded by Moses. After each plague, Moses petitions Pharaoh to let his people go, but each time Pharaoh refuses. And then the next one kicks in. Yeah. So, um, and then after the final, the final one is the loss of the firstborn son. And that's when Pharaoh says, you can go. Um, but then he changes his mind, sends the army after him. And then that's when you get the parting of the Red Sea. Yeah. So they're leaving. See, God parts the seas. They pass through. And then the Egyptian, the Egyptian army follows. And they're drowned in the Red Sea. Yeah. But the plagues are in order. Blood. So, and that's the water of the Nile is turned to blood, killing all fish and marine life in. The water is thus polluted and undrinkable. Mm. So it's not quite, you know, draining a pervert in his study. Um, <laughs> frogs, exactly what it says on the tin. That's that, a, that's a, a draining a pervert. Draining a pervert. <laughs> oh, I've drained a pervert. Oh, have you ever drained a pervert in his study? Oh, <laughs> oh I can't. Oh, I wouldn't have, have the credence. No. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so which is, so blood is fourth in fives. Yeah. Uh, there's frogs, which is literally a plague of frogs, not a skull-crushing mask at a masquerade bowl, <laughs> which is perfect when it's the, what is it, I'm a head shrinker. Yes. Yeah. Though that does make you wonder, what exactly did a psychologist offer on the operating yeah. table? I, I did wonder that. <laughs> you know, it's, I it's, assumed he changed, uh, changed yeah. uh, professions. Because I, th I think psychiatry, you do have to have a medical degree. Because psychiatry, you have to have a medical degree first because psychiatry, you can dispense drugs. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's the main difference between that and a psychologist. So it's like, yeah, so he would have some sort of, yeah, hopefully. Now, number three is lice or gnats, which they, which they change to bats for this one. Oh, okay. Um, in that all the dust in Egypt becomes lice. And the Hebrew translation could be lice, gnats or fleas. Okay. But it's commonly thought of as lice. But yeah, yeah, so they change it to vampire bats that eat a man in his bed. Um, now, the next one is flies, which in the film is rats. Yeah. Now, I still think you could technically make it flies, because he is flying a fucking plane. Yes. 
Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. spot in a way. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, but again, flies is kind of disputed because the word that it comes from in the original scripture is mixture or swarm. Can be translated as mixture or swarm. So some people think it's an assortment of unpleasant animals, scorpions, reptiles, venomous snakes, yes. that sort of thing. And people take swarm, particularly Christian, uh, Christian theologians take yeah, yeah. swarm to mean flies, like swarm of flies. Yeah. But that would be also particularly like biting insects yeah. and things like that. So, yeah. Um, then it's uh, livestock, which they change to beasts and becomes the brass unicorn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, but that actually was just um, livestock pestilence. So all the all the cattle are diseased. They're unusable for food. They're unusable as labour, and they die out. Yeah. So yeah. Then it's boils, which is the bees. Yeah. Because they look like boils. boils. Yeah. Yes. But uh, yeah. So that's uh, Moses takes ashes and scatters them to the wind. When these ashes settle on man or animal, they cause sores, lesions, and boils. Um. <laughs> Then you've got hail, which does occur. So yeah, I've got hail, um, which is a thunderstorm of hail and fire darted to the ground. Um, but yeah, obviously Hedgepath is frozen in his car. Yeah. Uh, locusts <laughs> does what it says on the tin. Swarm of locusts eat all the remaining crops and food left after the devastation of the storms. Three days of darkness, which is plague nine, mm-hmm. where literally no one can see because it yeah. is just pitch utter pitch blackness and then plague 10 death of the firstborn and that's either god or later where it's changed because people don't want god doing his own dirty work in this the angel of death kills the firstborn son of everyone in egypt before this god tells moses to instruct the israelites to place lamb's blood above the doors um and that in that will indicate to the angel of death or god not to kill the firstborn of that house and that is where the feast of passover comes from as in literally passing over that house. Yeah. So, yeah. So there is... I wonder if there's something to be said for... If they were to remake Fives, I don't think it's fucking necessary, frankly, but if no. they were to do it, the one thing you could do is maybe, you know, change the change the plagues to the actual plagues. Mm. And the only problem with that is, a couple of years ago, I heard that Tim Burton showed an interest in remaking Fives. He needs which, to be slapped. Yes, could you right. imagine Johnny Depp playing the piano? Oh, fucking uh, organ! See, I really I like, can actually. Yeah, and it's not good. It's not. I, I do really like Timber, and then I like Johnny Depp as well. But yeah, I I think what they do is very good. It definitely is not. It's this. not this. I mean, I know it's got that very camp, uh, amusing element to it, and it is kind of cartoonish, which I can see why he would be a fan of it. But uh, yeah, I'm not. Well, also Vincent bit Price, of obviously. Yes. You know, I mean, he's obviously a massive fighter fan of Vincent Price. But again, this is this is one of those stories you hear, yeah, hearing on stuff, and hopefully it will never come to fruition. Yes, fingers crossed. I mean, if there's, because um, I mean, the director of this, Robert First, he he did a few other films. Um, he did the final program, which is the Jerry Cornelius adaptation, like adaptation of the Michael Moorcock book, which is really good. Um, he did do the Avengers. Yeah. Um, and I did double check we were there first the British TV series The Avengers was broadcast on the 7th of January 1961 
the American comic strip The Avengers, first published September 1963. Yes, get in. Because that's why it's Avengers Assemble over here. Yes. It's because, for some absurd reason, they thought that a film targeted at a preteen audience <laughs> was clearly going to be confused with a sp- an unusual spy thriller from the fucking 60s. Yeah, I, I don't... It's like Philosopher's Stone and the Sorcerer's Stone. Don't they have the word philosopher? As what, in America? No. In America? No. But it's must have, be you, have, you, have you spoken to one? Philosophy? If you're reading a book, you can handle a dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, surely <laughs> the basic principles are the same. Yeah. But obviously he does... He did Doctor Five Rises again. Um, he did the film and soon the darkness. Sounds the titles. It's yeah, got Michelle Dotrice and someone else, and the two girls on bikes riding through France, and they end up getting kidnapped and just killed or so. I can't remember. Oh, okay. it's, it's one of those weird sort of pseudo Hammer films that, but is set modern and okay. just yeah, yeah, not all that to be honest. But he also did The Devil's Reign, which I know they've covered on Not For Everyone podcast, and quite rightly so, because that is a satanic cult film starring William Shatner, Ernest Borgnine, and it has a small role for John Travolta in it, and the uh, technical advisor was Anton LaVey. Yeah, I, I do remember thinking at the time when they covered it, I need to watch that. It's a fucking great film. I watched it, I saw it, they had it like on the horror channel, Absolutely dreadful fucking like print. Yeah. But that kind of helped. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. But Shatner is just Shatner. And yeah. Did you expect anything I, else? I know, <laughs> I know. Shatner, the Burt Reynolds of science fiction. Plays <laughs> William Shatner. William Shatner is William Shatner. In William Shatner. <laughs> but yeah. But and the only um, the music in this is Basil Kirshen, who was uh, a sort of avant-garde jazz composer and everything. And I've got his album Abstractions of the Industrial North, which is really rather that is, lovely. That is Why am I not surprised? Yeah, it's very pastoral. A lot of that stuff. Is, Have you got any of the music from Fives? Yeah, I've got the. I've, yeah, I'll I'll uh, uh, do it for you because I've got. I've got I've, the second one. I've, yeah, I've got um, the first one as well. Oh, I've got right. the Basil Kirshen album. It's got the... I don't think it's got the jazz... The more jazz tracks on it. Because some of that is copyrighted yeah. material, isn't it? Yeah. But it has got War March of the Priests, which is the opening oh, right. organ piece. And yeah, just the general bits and pieces. If anyone's interested, yeah. Plagues of Egypt might have had real-life causes. So they yeah. might have actually happened. Mm. And they reckon that water in the blood, rising temperatures can uh, be responsible for the spreading of a toxic algae common to the area. Yeah. Which is Planktothrix rubicens. And when it dies, it causes a phenomenon called burgundy blood, where the water turns red. Or it could just be drought. But, as they say, so that happens, then that would mean the frogs would leave the river. They yeah. would leave the Nile because it's uninhabitable and there's dead no, fish everywhere. They go search, don't they? Yeah. Before? But then they're in arid conditions, so they all die off. So you've got no frogs and a lot of rotting marine life lying around. So you get a lot more flies, yeah. mice, insects, all the bitey, bitey, biteys. Livestock disease and boil, again, you're being bitten senseless by this increase in like, yeah. uh, insects due to stagnant water and uh, animal corpses, etc., etc., 
there's the possibility that fire and hail was the v- volcanic eruption of Thera, which was like on an island fairly near, but apparently yeah. they're not quite sure on the dating of it, but basically it was an explosion so fucking big it's shown in records, like geological records, so yeah. they know that it exploded. They're not quite sure when, but it was big enough to cause that much of a problem. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that could be fire and hail. I thought that could also be darkness. Well, if, like ash, clouds, ash clouds, yeah. Like we had with the one that a few years back, didn't we, where people couldn't from fly. Iceland. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah, and people couldn't fly, so I wonder if that was what darkness was. Well, that's the theory for the dinosaurs as well, is it? The meteorite yes. and the ash. Yeah, yeah, essentially nuclear winter. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then this I quite like was death of the firstborn. Commonly, the firstborn would be given priority in terms of food, yeah. particularly in times of adversity. But if the food is all contaminated or diseased, the is that food testers? Yes, yeah, yeah. are they going to be the ones who, the, the, you know, they deny out as a result? And the locusts, now this was something that did impress me. A one ton horde of locusts can eat the same amount of food in one day as 2,500 people. So I think they probably could reduce Nurse Allen down to a skeleton, mm. you know, a Brussels sprout skeleton fairly swiftly. <laughs> yeah. That Brussels sprouts machine, by the way, yeah. utterly useless. What the hell? Are, the, the sprouts are going everywhere. I, but I do like to think that that was how Vincent Price cooked. <laughs> when he's there with the apron just going through the yeah, sprouts. Yeah, picking them yeah. one by one. And again, I, got, I was like, just get some liquid. Why do you have to make get Brussels sprouts and make this special serum? And like, he don't get out much. Just eat anything. No. Just drop anything. Not with a face down. like that. I think that's the key to this film, though. Is it is it is very. It does remind me of the Avengers. Yeah. It's that over the it's the sort of over the topness of it. This is theatrical. Yeah. The, the villainy of it. Yeah. It reminds me a bit of his uh, egghead Batman. Persona. Yes. Yeah. From the 60s show. The the one thing that did, uh, having mentioned the fact that one of the kills was off screen, and I was like, well, it's, you know, it's a shame I wonder if it took out for running time. Yeah, it did make me think, actually, the pacing on this, and I say it quite a lot about pacing, but like, I, for me it can be such a, uh, such a detrimental thing to a film. A film can be fantastic, and if you pace it badly, I cannot deal with it. Mm. And I thought this was just brilliant. Like, there's no... Lol, there's no dips. No. It just goes kill to kill to kill. Amusing thing with a doctor with the um, yeah. detective and his little department, and then back to the kill. Yeah, and it's just such a it, it, the the film rushes by. It feels like it lasts about forty five minutes. Well, you know where you are with each section. With yeah. each change, you know you've got a uh, cutaway to fives, yeah. then to the police. It's a back and forth. Yeah. So you know where you are, and it's. It's that pace yeah. but it, which but drives it, it forward. But it also doesn't get formulaic in a weird way. Yeah. Even though it is, it is a formula. Yeah. It's it's like, like, so here's the plagues of Egypt, here's how we kill people. That's what it's saying, like the portmanteau deaths. Mm. They're all their yeah. own little individual yeah. worlds and story. Yeah. yeah, you're right, with their own back elements and yeah. things that are going on that you see in between each one. Yeah. But like you were saying, I think also with the, you know, the, if, you, if you acid the sun's face for a start, He's not really responsible, mm. you know. The, all the others, you can kind of you can follow Fives' twisted logic mm. that it's like right, they're the people who do. The son, it's not his fault that his dad was shit <laughs> on the operating table. 
but also everyone else you're not given opportunity to sort of get to know anyone yeah. Yeah. and they're quite funny deaths you know yeah. they yeah. are amusingly done so it's sort of yeah you don't at any point you know if you I think you know if you were to overplay it, if you were to do this and do it deadly serious it'd be like Oh, you know, what a bastard Fives is. You're kind of on his side. Yeah. It's really surprising. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. But if I was Fives, I'd have been pissed off with that because he actually managed to save his son and get him out in six minutes. Like, Why well, didn't you manage to Yeah. 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 Why well, didn't my wife? Yeah, I think he had bigger, thing, bigger fish to fry at that point, yeah. didn't he? Um, I've forgotten how long it is until you actually see his face as well. You don't see his face for the first 10, 15 mm. minutes of the yeah. film, which I... Mm. I'd forgot and again until you see him without the quote unquote mask on as well yeah, when you yeah. see his melted face I because that's such a quintessential part of the character in my mind mm. you think you see it half and half mm. it's on the poster don't. that's yeah. the curious thing you know it's... well there's a poster with a lot of on the pre-release of it they actually got artists to draw weird stuff like zips and stuff because the poster's him kissing but they yeah. actually obscured the face because they thought it'd be too horrific, or whether that was the spin for the film. Yeah. Too horrific to have his mm. gnarled up face on the cover. Because they used to disguise yeah. it, didn't it? Or stick a big sticker over it. Mm. <laughs> but also, the tag, the original tagline was um, Love is not having to say you're ugly. Yes. <laughs> but, but, but apparently, here's a, this is the weird thing is that when people weren't sure what it was, it wasn't doing well at the box office. Mm. And then when they finally just said, they just went, right, it's a horror film, then it was fine. And then it did really well. But, yeah. People need a categorisation. I think, yeah. yeah. Again, I think it was like, sort of, what, what, what is this? Is this not going to be... I don't know if I should like it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but then the weird thing is, is I would imagine that if you was just, if you was, you know, if you, let's face it, if it, you couldn't show this to a gorehound no. as a horror film. Yeah. You can say to them, oh, it's this piss-funny film, you know. This, a, this fits, again, this is one of those that... Although obviously it's definitely horror because of everything that happens in it, yeah. it's it, again it is primarily a comedy film. Like mm. nobody's going to be scared by this. It's, it's easy watching it's, horror. Yeah. Really. There's, a, there's another story I really like, which is along the same similar lines. Is the film Name of the Rose? Sean oh, the, Connery. Uh, Sean Connery. Yeah. Yeah. Medieval. When the artist Drew Struzan first was told to do the painting for it, he did all these nice portraits, like Ron Perlman's in it. It's all yeah. these faces and everything. But the film, they feared the audiences weren't going to go and see it. Because it is uh, sort of, it's a monk detective yeah. thing. Yeah, it's a bit and, of cat fold kind yeah. of thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. But what he was asked to do was to python up the composition. <laughs> and that. So when you actually see the finished poster... There's uh, Sean Connery there with his glasses and there's all these little windows around with all the actors' faces in it pulling these comedy-like faces, a nice light blue background. And lots of people went to see the film and were totally shocked <laughs> at its non-Pythonness. Yeah, because yeah, it's and just... He said he hated doing that job because it was essentially lying. Like I guess mm. it's a deceptive way of getting people into... The, it, it's, yeah. it's like we said before when Twilight did really well and then they redid the cover for Near Dark to make yeah. it look like Twilight. And I'm really? like, if you like Twilight and you then go and get Near Dark, you are <laughs> in for the shock of your lifetime because you're about to see something really good that I don't think anybody's going to like. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't expect that. I think what I hoped with that is that there might have been at least one person in the entire world who just watched it and just went... Like, like they looked at their Near Dark, they looked at Twilight, and then they just threw Twilight over their shoulder <laughs> and stuck me in the dark. It was like, actually, this is twaddle. Yeah. You know, this is so nice if that actually Yeah. <laughs>
Um, right, so should we should probably wrap it up there. Um, thank you very much, Wes, for joining yes. us. Thank, thank you, Wes. Uh, we'll definitely have to have you back again. Oh, I look very forward soon. to it. Yeah. I look forward to your next choice. Yes. All oh, right. Is it Doctor Five Rises again? <laughs> Probably not. I'll no. Be about a break. <laughs> right. Um, so for next episode, we're coming up towards St Patrick's Day. So I think in honour of that, we should introduce Chris, the lucky man, to the Leprechaun franchise. Yes. Now, what do you think, Adam? Have you, how many of the Leprechaun movies have you seen? None. Okay. In that case, because I was going to ask for your suggestion. Ah, oh, right, okay, were you thinking... The reason being, Leprechaun 1 yeah. is a low-budget film when they tried to make the Leprechaun scary and it didn't really work. Like, it's a fine film, it's a perfectly mm. acceptable, fun film, but it is in no way scary. Now, in the later later episodes in the franchise, they'd realised this, so they stopped trying to make it scary and made it ludicrous. Right. Um, so uh, there's Lepre- So we can watch the the original Leprechaun movie. Yeah. Or we can watch Leprechaun Three when they go to Las Vegas. Uh-huh. Or Leprechaun Four when they go to space. <laughs> what would you prefer? I'm 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 going to be probably a bit of a stick in the mud and say I want to see the first one so I know where it's like n- you could never show someone Jason X. If they'd never seen yes. Friday the 13th. Yeah, they wouldn't get the... Yeah, no, be, I agree. What? See, I thought... See, I assumed you'd seen them, but even if you hadn't, I thought, well, it doesn't matter, because we could show Chris, even having not seen the first mm. one, because the story yeah. is there's a leprechaun. If you fuck with his gold, he will kill you in yeah. interesting ways, and that is basically all it is. And they <laughs> keep changing the law and the rules of it change all through the franchise. But if that's the case, yeah, we should watch the first leprechaun movie, um, the first feature-length movie... Uh, starring Jennifer Aniston. Yes. Which is interesting. Um, yeah, so we will watch that. Cool. But certainly not Warwick Davis's first rodeo. <laughs> Go and check out Wesley's Instagram uh, to see all his artwork. Uh, he also puts up um, time lapse stuff of him mm. actually drawing them as well, which is that's, fantastic. That's the, I think that's WJS Illustrations on YouTube. Yep. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Buy his book. Yes. So thanks ever so much for listening. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. Why did I wait?